0: For Arizona Public Media, I'm Tim Swindle, director of the University of Arizona's Lunar and Planetary Laboratory, and this is Arizona Science. Joining us today is Steve Levitt, a professor in the Laboratory of Tree Ring Research. Welcome, Steve. Thank you, Tim. You've been working with a group trying to understand the history of the Asian monsoon and getting some fascinating results. Could you tell us a little bit about the Asian monsoon and why it's important? Well, maybe over the half,
1: half of the population of the planet is affected by the Asian monsoon in terms of delivering moisture uh, during the summer months. Obviously important to agriculture, to feeding those people, to providing water for all kinds of activities, munis- municipal, industrial, etc. It's a key player uh, in terms of water resources and hydrology in that part of the world. And uh, we have our own monsoon here. We have our summer monsoon, July, August, and September, but nowhere near the scale, I think, of what's going on in the uh, Asian continent.
0: Are they the same sort of weather pattern?
1: I think they're similar. There's a shift from winter-type wind conditions to summer wind conditions. And during that shift, uh, winds start blowing from uh, over water, where they have moisture and they bring that water uh, over land that water can then condense, form clouds, and, and produce precipitation. So in that sense, uh, they're similar.
0: So how do you get at precipitation from tree rings?
1: The trees in a semi-arid environment, such as uh, in the area of China that we sample the trees, they are limited mostly by moisture because of the semi-arid conditions. Uh, and therefore, when you have a wet year, you tend to grow large rings and when you have a dry year, year you tend to have narrow rings or small rings. And so we can use that record we collect from the trees to infer the amount of rainfall based on the size of the rings going back in the past. Uh, and this particular study went back about 450 years uh, in terms of reconstructing the amount of precipitation that occurred during the summer. So you looked at 450 years worth of trees. What did you find out? Lots of variability from one year to the next in terms of precipitation amount. The primary motivation of the study initially was to get a baseline of how variable precipitation is in that area. From instrumental measurements, rain gauges, you only have 50 to 80 years worth of data typically. So in terms of planning for water resources or water resource use. Having a longer record is a good way to make decisions for the future in terms of what might happen. So we wanted to to find out what the natural variability was over the last 400 or so years. And so we did that, but one of the outcomes was the last 80 years was a slow decline in precipitation. And elsewhere in the record, there is no other decline like that that occurs. So for close to 500 years, this is the strongest continuous decline in precipitation uh, in that record. So it was kind of an interesting thing that came out of it, and then it became a matter of, okay, why did this happen?
0: And that's not something that you can go after with the tree rings, so I believe you brought in some other experts in other parts of the the story. Right,
1: right. We have a cast of uh, co-authors on the team for this project, and among them are modelers. And so one of the ideas was, let's try to model the uh, precipitation.
0: And when you say modeling, you mean computer modeling. Computer
1: modeling, exactly, exactly. Uh, Let's try to model the precipitation in this area using uh, standard conditions or parameters that could affect precipitation. And among those were things like El Nino and La Nina. They can actually affect climate in Asia as well as here in the eastern part of the Pacific. Things like solar activity, and then human-related things, greenhouse gases. So greenhouse gases were added, the increasing greenhouse gases over that time period. And none of those things, in terms of the variability that's occurred over the last 80 years, have actually affected, in the model, a decrease in precipitation. However, when you add sulfur into the model, the sulfur loading based on industry in China... The result is that there is, the model does produce a decline in precipitation uh, since at least about 1940 or maybe a little bit before that. Uh, So it, it sort of seems to point to a smoking gun, and at least our hypothesis is that pollution in China is putting aerosols, particles, into the atmosphere, and they're contributing to this decline in precipitation.
0: Fascinating. Thanks for coming in, Steve. You're welcome. This is Tim Swindle, and this has been Arizona Science. You can also listen to this and other Arizona Science segments by going to the Arizona Public Media website at azpm.org slash Arizona Science.